Hi there, everyone. Um, I don't know if you've been with us over the past uh, few weeks, but we're in a new series called Good News Shoes. It's a series which is all about uh, the kingdom of God, and our key verse for this series is Ephesians 6 verse 5, which is, As shoes for your feet, put on readiness to share the gospel of peace. And one of the big questions we'll be asking ourselves and one another throughout this series is what does it look like for us? What does it look like for you and me to bring the kingdom of God wherever we go? And in particular, as a Jesus follower, we want to be asking ourselves the question as we listen to these talks and as we spend time together in fellowship, we want to be asking ourselves, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for you every single day of our lives? Even if you're listening and you're not and you're not a Jesus follower, and you're thinking, man, I have questions about Christianity, I have questions about faith, I have questions about this Jesus that you're talking about, I believe not only will this series reveal to you the incredible love that Jesus has for you, but very much also that it will show you also what it would mean for you and what it means for us as Christians to live passionately for the sake of the kingdom. Now, in particular today, I'm going to be zooming in on what it looks like for us to bring the kingdom of God through all the moments of life, especially those moments when we experience pain and suffering. And maybe even ask the question, is it, is it even possible for us? Is it possible to bring the kingdom of God when there's real, real difficulty, when there's real challenges, when there's real darkness? You know, perhaps it's, perhaps it's worth saying at the start, in case you haven't noticed, that all of us, nobody excluded, all of us will experience difficulty, challenges, pain, suffering at some point in our lives, in different ways and to different extents, but these moments where it feels like everything is just closing in on us, while we're in these bodies and while we live on this earth, in some shape or form, all of us are going to experience it. In fact, if you've read your Bible at all, you will know that there are examples right throughout Scripture of pain and suffering and challenges. In fact, Jesus is so upfront with us about this that he says in 1 Peter 4 verse 2, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange is happening to you. He wants us to be ready for it. He wants us to be expecting those challenging times to come our way. And more than that, he wants those moments of intense darkness, those moments of challenge, and struggle and pain and difficulty to be the very moments when your and my faith shines brightest. Like the Old Testament example of Daniel, a man who loved God and who was passionate about God and who chose to pray to God three times a day, even though the fact that the chief ministers and leaders of the time set a law in place that no one was allowed to pray at all, not to any God or any human except the king, for 30 days, and that they would be chucked into the lion's den if they disobeyed or ignored that law in any way. Of course, Daniel, because he was passionate about God, kept praying, kept focusing on God. 
He did so three times a day. And because he broke this ridiculous law, he ended up being chucked into the lion's den. All he was trying to do was be obedient. All he was trying to do was live out his life as a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Someone who chose to give his all to God. And, and what did he get for it? I mean, in those, in those circumstances, I don't know about you, but I feel like it's perfectly understandable for someone to say, the things I thought I knew about you, God, are, are they true? Are, are you really who you say you are? Maybe I, maybe I got this wrong. You know, um, I, I thought you were for me. I, I prayed to you three times a day. and Was it just a waste of time? But it isn't what Daniel asks. Even amidst the most trying circumstances, Daniel trusts God. He says his faith is fully secure. He, his faith is anchored on the living God. And because he trusts God, God sends his angel. God sends his angel to be right there with him, to presence himself with him in the lion's den, shuts the lion's mouths, and nothing happens to Daniel. Daniel is spared. Have you ever asked yourself, what is it like to have that kind of faith, the, the Daniel kind of faith in moments of, of real testing? How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three friends who refused to bow down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up? And even as they faced what must have been the most intimidating sight, a blazing furnace, so hot that it consumed the very men that even got close to it. As they faced that, and even though they were given a final chance by the king to bow down, to surrender, to worship, to just give him what he wanted, this was their reply. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. What does it take? What does it take for you and me to be like these guys when tough things come our way? What does it take to bring the kingdom of God against all odds. How do you and I become like that? How do we really, really become like that? I believe the answer is in yet another very well-known passage of the Bible. It's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I read it regularly. I really, really love to read it. And let's just read some verses from it together now. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Some of you listening to this right now, you are literally walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Someone close to you has passed away. They are no longer with you. You're getting ready and preparing yourself for a funeral. Others are dealing with death in just another shape. The death of a business deal. <laughs> the death of a deal that you, were thought, that you thought was going to carry your family financially for the next few months, the death of a relationship, the death of your long-term dream. We're all, um, in different ways, moment by moment, facing 
real, real, real challenges that are in the, in the space of death. We, 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 we face these things. So even as we begin to read these verses together, actually, we can identify with David here when he writes, even though I go through the valley. We, we can say, I, I, I feel it. I have perhaps felt it in the past. I know what it's like. I can sense the emotion. Some of us are, like I said, feeling those things and experiencing that pain right now. I just think it's in the next line, the next few words, where things become a bit wobbly for us. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil. I think that's where it becomes a bit shaky. You know, this is the thing that Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego said. They said, even though these things are upon us, even though we're going to be chucked into a lion's den, even though we're going to be chucked into this fiery furnace, even though we've been asked to do something against our will, we will not submit to it, even though there are some incredible life-threatening circumstances facing us right now. Even though we choose to not fear that evil, because, because, how do you and I say that thing that they're saying? How do we get ourselves positioned in such a way and filled with such confidence that we have our very own, even though I will, even though I will, even though I'm facing the death of this dream, I will, even though I'm facing serious, serious financial challenges, I will. Even though I'm facing massive distress from depression, I will. Even though I will. Even though I will. The answer is in the very next part of this verse. For you, God, for you are with me. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they all had this one thing in common. They knew Nothing could change their minds. They knew that the God they served, regardless of the outcome, regardless of whether they lived or died in the end, they knew that their God was with them. They knew He wasn't only for them. He wasn't only going to try and do some nice stuff with them. He was going to presence Himself with them in the midst of their most serious challenge in life. Imagine you and I could fully, I mean fully, totally grasp that beautiful truth today. The God of the universe is with us. The God of the universe is with you and me. Wherever you are going today, whatever you are going through today, the God of the universe doesn't only want to help you, he wants to presence himself with you. That's the full message. And I believe most of, our, most of our problems, they stem from the fact that the moment a challenge comes, our eyes are off God. Sometimes, sometimes a big problem arises in my life, and, and instead of praying, I start worrying even though I know that's the very opposite, that's the, that's the wrong way around. Philippians teaches me that I shouldn't worry, but in fact, I shouldn't, just by, I shouldn't just pray. I should give thanks in advance to God that He will be with me. That's what Philippians teaches me. 
I'm convinced God wants that to change in my life, and God wants that to change in your life today. And that moving forward, even in the trials, even in the lack, even when we're processing that bit of bad news from the doctor, even in the midst of all those challenges and all those difficult times, our most natural response will be, even though the doctor told me this, I will fear no evil. Even though I'm facing this financial challenge, I will fear no evil because I know my God is with me. I know my God is with me. Wouldn't that be great if that is our natural response every single time we face this? How does it change? How does it change from hitting the wobble when we go through a challenge that feels like it's slightly too big for us or something that we haven't experienced before? How does it change from hitting that wobble to knowing, to being secure? And how, like the examples from the lives of these guys that I mentioned earlier, the Daniels and the Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, how, how from the examples of their lives do you and I know our response will be, we know our God is for us when the heat is really on. Let's read the next verse together and find out. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. This verse is just, it's just bursting with riches. It could have read, when you're facing tough times, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, don't worry, because I am going to snatch you out of it. I am going to pick you up out of those circumstances, and I'm going to take you to a quiet place where you and me are going to have dinner together, and you won't have to worry about all those things anymore. That's what, that's what it could have read. That's what could have been the promise. I could have taken you away from all the stress and all the pain and all the drama. But... He didn't write it that way. It's not the promise he has for us. Instead, he's using this as one of the greatest moments of gospel illustration. He's saying right there in the midst of trouble, in the midst of pain, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of suffering, right there, I am going to be with you. I'm going to get a table ready. You and me are going to eat, and we are going to be able to do something incredible. I'm going to impart some stuff to you, and you are going to be able to demonstrate and bring the kingdom of God right in those very moments. In the very place where you and I feel overcome and surrounded by our enemies, the place where depression is just too much or family breakdown is just too challenging, or our boss is giving us just the hardest time we could imagine. Oh, all of the above. He says, right there, I set a table before you in the presence of those enemies, in the presence of those challenges. A display of his generosity and abundance in our most trying circumstances. And here's the beautiful thing. That table... That table represents relationship. It, of course, it, it represents abundance and beautiful food. Food that, that, that nourishes us and strengthens us and, 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 and amazing fresh water which, which, which just refreshes our, our, our very beings. That's what it represents. 
but it represents relationship. Time to sit down and be quiet and look into the eyes and have conversation and share an intimate moment and get to know better the creator of the living God amidst our enemies. The Bible says in John 10, 11, the good shepherd, the shepherd of this psalm, the shepherd that wants to guide and lead your life and look after you and protect you, that shepherd, the Bible says in John 10, 11, that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He did, it, he did that to make this table possible. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're thinking, he, he's willing to set a table, not just for you, Sydney, but, but for me? Yeah, yeah. He's willing to set a table for you. So willing that he, that he died. He suffered. He died. He rose back again to life so that you and I could have a relationship with him. The price he paid to set that table the table of intimacy, the table of hanging out with Him, the table of being refreshed by Him, empowered by Him, and to get the sure knowledge that He is with us in the, in the presence of all that pressure. The price He paid for that was His life. He bought that table with His blood. You see, it's only through being at the table... <laughs> that we get the intimacy. It's only because of that closeness with Jesus that we will know that He is with us. The more time you and I spend at that table, the more sure we will be, the more secure our feet will be. This is not a challenge for you and me to do more or to work harder or to carve out more time in our day to do things so we could impress the living God this is an invitation to a feast. This is an invitation. The hard work has already been done. Jesus gave his life. There's nothing for you and me to do. He said it's finished. All he said to do was come. Come and enjoy. Come and feast. Come and relax. This is not about hard work. This is about coming and enjoying. This series is titled Good News Shoes. And for me, no doubt, the shoes that best represent bringing the kingdom of God amidst trying circumstances is a pair of these, a pair of wellies. You know, when the wind and the rain and the storms come and when they, when they create mess and difficult times and muddy puddles and just chaos around us, when, when it's all, all just coming at us from all angles, the best thing you and I could do to prepare for those moments when we go out is to put on a pair of wellies. You know, I live in England, um, so I'm, I'm quite familiar with these circumstances, you know. When you live, uh, when you live here, there's a, there's a large part of the year when, uh, when there's a fair amount of rain. And what you need to do is uh, you need to get yourself ready. You need to invest in a, in a pair of Wellington boots. Otherwise, there's no doubt at some point you're going to find that your, your feet are wet. And I think the thing that I find most fascinating 
about putting on a pair of these is the moment you put them on, they, they give you this sense of security, this sense of, I'm going to be okay. My feet are going to be dry uh, when I get myself out there. I find that my kids, when they, when they, when they put on their wellies, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't even matter if it's summer. They'll find a reason to get their wellies on. And when they do, bizarrely, even if it hasn't been raining, they'll, ru- they'll be running outside saying to me, Dad, isn't there any bit of water? Isn't there a little bit of muddy puddle somewhere? Can we go to a river? Can we find something so I can go get these shoes in there? They almost, because they know that there's a bit of security and their feet's going to be kind of dry, what they do is they want to almost actively go and seek out the muddy puddle. It's really, really, really interesting and very, very challenging. It's exactly the attitude Jesus wants us to take from this promise that he has for us in Psalm 23. He wants to supercharge our confidence when we get into his presence, when we, get, when we sit at his table, when we get to spend time with him. That's what he wants to do. He wants us to know that it's not just when the trials come. It's almost like we can get out there in the world and know that it doesn't matter if there's a little bit of water. It doesn't matter if there's a little bit of challenge. It doesn't matter if there's a bit of dirty mud around. Our feet are going to be Okay, when you and I know the promises of God and what he has spoken over us, it doesn't matter what we face when we go out there. We're safe. Even though we walk through those challenging times, you and I will fear no evil because we know our God is with us. It's a picture I took a little while ago in a park near my house. Um, picture of my family and I, you could see our hair. Um, it's pretty wet. We were having a barbecue. The sun was shining. And the next moment, the rain came. And instead of packing up the barbecue and, 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 and running home and getting away from it all, my, my, my son just said to me, Dad, can we, can we run in the rain? Can, can we play in the rain? There was just this this moment of real enjoyment amidst what was going on around us. That's the attitude Jesus says you and I can have because we know that amidst all of that, there is a table waiting for us, even though the enemy is right there looking in, even though the enemy is right there trying to remind us of the things that we're unable to do or the big challenges that we face or the certain death that is coming our way. Even though all of that is going on, we can be okay. We will be okay. We are okay because he's already paid the full price for us. Because my God is for me, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Jesus was up front, you know. He was up front about the challenges. He said we should expect that they should come our way. But he has the beautiful promise. Expect not only that challenges are going to come your way, But expect that the peace of God, and even better still, expect that the very presence of God will be with you and me in those challenges. And that he will empower us in those moments to bring the very kingdom of God to those looking in. Because he has come, and because he has died, and because he's been victorious over death, You and I can say, 
Even though I go through this challenging time, I will fear no evil. My God's already defeated death. Nothing can take away my life. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. It's inevitable that tough times are going to come. You and I, all we need to do is accept the invitation, come to the table, be empowered, and face those tough times knowing that the living God is with us. I'm going to pray. God, I want to thank you so much for your beautiful truth that you have prepared a table for us, God. You've prepared a table for us and made it possible that in the presence of our enemies, we can be spending time with you in the midst of what could be the most challenging and most difficult moment. We could find quiet peace. We could talk to you. We could look into your eyes. We could be strengthened. We could know that you are with us. And because you are, we can face absolutely anything. I thank you for that truth. I thank you for that promise. And Lord, I pray more and more and more that you will equip us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.